Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast, the podcast focused on helping civil engineering professionals succeed by exposing them to interesting civil engineering projects and successful civil engineering professionals around the world. Hosts Anthony Fasano and Christian Knutson had successful but unconventional civil engineering careers and now focus on helping civil engineering professionals achieve their goals in work and life. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this is the podcast specifically for civil engineers who want to succeed. In today's episode, I talk with Daniel Hayes, an experienced civil engineer, and Daniel's going to give us some tips on how to start out a new civil engineering job or position on the right foot. Daniel's a friend of mine. He's been a member of the Engineering Mastermind for some time now, the community that we run for engineers, and he gave some really interesting approaches to take to a new civil engineering position. And what I loved about his approach is that it's really applicable if you're an experienced civil engineer like Daniel, and I'll introduce him more formally in a minute, or if you're just starting out in the civil engineering world. You can use some of the approaches he discussed in either avenue, either experience level, which is why I felt like this was a lot of value that he gave us in this upcoming interview. All right, so before we get into the civil engineering conversation with Daniel, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. If you're thinking about taking the civil FE or PE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in civil engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code CIVIL at ppitopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass. Dot com and use the promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. All right, now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's civil engineering conversation, just so you get to know a little bit more about him before we dive into the conversation. Daniel Hayes is a registered professional engineer with over 14 years of experience in both the consulting and construction sector. He has experience in the project management and the development of construction plans, specifications, and cost estimates for military, residential, and commercial land development projects in numerous jurisdictions. Hayes has professional registration in Maryland, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. And again, I know Daniel for quite a while now, and I liked about some of these initial approaches that he gave us in this interview that you're about to hear that, in my opinion, you can use if you're starting a new job a new position within the same company, or even taking on a new project with a client. Some of the kind of approaches that he took with the first 90-day approach are really applicable across the board. So with that, it's time to jump in today's Civil Engineering Conversation. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now it's time for our Civil Engineering Conversation. And today's guest is Daniel Hayes. Daniel, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thanks, Anthony. Glad to be here. Daniel's had some transition in his career, and he'll give you a little bit of a rundown of his career as far as his experience and how long he's been practicing in a minute here before we jump in. But we are going to run through kind of five specific items to that you can kind of walk through. I guess five steps you can walk through when starting a new civil engineering job just to get off on the right foot. We understand that it's different if you're right out of school or if you're a manager or if you're an executive, and we'll try to address that in some of these points where there may be a big difference, but we just want to kind of give you an outline. So, Daniel, I guess to kind of start off, maybe you can just give us background as far as how many years you've been practicing as a civil engineer. Yeah, absolutely. 
actually graduated. I have a degree in agricultural engineer, Virginia Tech Hokey. And, uh, but I transitioned almost immediately into civil engineering, basically into construction first. I worked uh, heavy construction for about three or four years and realized I needed to get my license. So I basically restarted my career as a staff engineer in a land development firm. Worked for four years, got my license, moved around a couple more firms, slowly moved up the ladder, project engineer, assistant project manager, project manager, uh, worked for some small firms, worked for some top five A&E firms, ENR list, spent a little bit of time working with the federal government, and right now I am doing project management. All right, so you've got kind of a wide array of experience here, and you've had some transition recently, and so we're going to kind of walk through some of the things that I know have been helpful for you and hopefully for the listeners out there. I think that whether you're going to be starting a new job in the next few months or not, I think a lot of these steps that we're going to touch on can be helpful in new projects, in new clients. I mean, these are really transitioning steps, and I think that you may be able to apply them in different areas. So the first one we're going to touch on here is before you begin, resign correctly and communicate with your new company. Talk about that one, Daniel. Yeah, Anthony, these are actually two distinct steps. Resign correctly, provide the proper notice. Typically, as a younger engineer, you, you want to give at least two weeks notice. If your responsibility levels are higher or you're more indispensable, for lack of a better term, you may want to extend that out to three, three weeks, four weeks. But more than just resign correctly, communicate your current job, work with your current employer to transition effectively if they're inclined to provide you with someone to transition to. And sometimes that doesn't occur and your current employer will basically not have a plan and not really want to address it. You can only do so much, document what you were doing, document some details on projects you're working on. If you can't verbally hand it to, to someone else, give it to them before you leave. The other part of it is to communicate with your new company. Just because you've received the offer, you received an offer letter and you've accepted an offer, doesn't mean you have your two weeks, three weeks, or four weeks to just lay back and there should be no communication between you. You really haven't got a new job until the day you walk in the door at the new job. Anything can happen in the interim. Keep the communication lines open. If they ask you for, for example, a drug screen, if they ask you for any additional information, I had a job. The most recent job I took, I need to get a security clearance. They spent a good bit of time in the two-week in the two-week transition getting the security process started. I had to maintain communication with them to get my information to them while at the same time working my existing job. Just like Daniel said, you know, you want to resign correctly. I think that's important. I worked for a civil engineering company. I left and I ended up going back there and ended up working there for a while. I think it was because I left on a really good note. They knew I was going to try something a little bit different outside of the civil world and ended up that it didn't really work out. I didn't really like it. So I ended up coming back and they welcomed me back kind of with open arms. And I think it was in large part because of the way that I left. So I think that's important. Kind of keep that in mind. You never know when you're going to be working either with that company again, for that company again, with some of the same people. And that's a mistake that you can make easily by not ending off in a positive way. Correct. And interesting enough, 
it doesn't even have to be with the same employer. Our market and each individual market is different, but it's still a small field. And I'm in the Washington, D.C., Baltimore market, and there are only a couple of hundred registered civil engineers in this area, one of the larger areas of the country. So you may not run into the same people at your original employer, but you may run into them somewhere else. And it goes back to a lot of what you talked about in the past and through the history of your, your work, Anthony, is that's all integral in networking. This is all another stage of networking. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's networking. And you're right. The civil engineering world is a small world. You're probably going to run into multiple people from the company you're working at in the future. So just keep that in mind. Daniel's right. Build these relationships. This is your network. It's not going to go away when a job goes away. The network is still there. It still can be useful. Obviously, there's tons of stories of civil engineers that go work in another company and end up doing a lot of projects with their former employer, because that's the way civil engineers work. Projects, teaming, like Daniel said, a market maybe appear to be a big market, but there's a lot of companies working on the same types of projects. So keep all that in mind as you're leaving and make a transition somewhere else. All right. Number two, set some goals. Let's dive into this one, Daniel. When I started a position a while back, I uh, bought a book. I found a book called The First 90 Days, and really it explains a detailed step. It's a higher level book, but a detailed path of how to create your plan for your first 90 days in your new position. The reason, Anthony, we're talking about this today is the first 90 days are so important to your success at a new firm that to consciously try to put effort into planning And developing your process for this first 90 days is valuable, even if your future employer has a plan for you and your plan goes by the wayside. You've thought about this. You can present your plan to your your manager when you show up. They may or may not be interested, but at least they'll see that you have the foresight. So what I did was I created a plan for the first 30 days, the first 60 days, and the first 90 days. Now, none of these are really documentable hard steps. What they are, they're really, it's really soft goals. It's you want to meet a certain number of people. You might not even know who the people are you want to meet, but you want to meet many of you. You want to meet your coworker, plan on meeting your coworkers, a plan on I want to be up to speed on what's important for the job, what you've discussed about it. Really, some subtle steps and just a way to really making the plan is planning in and of itself isn't important as much as it is. A plan of as much as it is getting your brain connected to the new job and getting yourself started. There are some things you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn company culture. You may be moving into a new field of civil engineering or a new field in general or just a slight variation, a just slight, slightly different niche. So set up a plan on, on how to learn what to learn. Make a conscious effort to learn the company culture. Make a conscious plan to learn the company culture. So, But the book... 90-day year, it was valuable. It really gave me the framework to move forward. That's great. And I think that really true, those first 90 days when you're out of the gate, people are watching you. People want to see what you're capable of. And it's a good time for you, like you said, to meet the right people, learn the right things, identify those things. And again, it goes back to pretty much what I talk about on every podcast episode, which is the 80-20 rule. You know, What are those 80-20 big-time wins that you can get in your first 90 days? 
maybe you can implement something or help them with something or help a project that fell behind get back on track where someone's really going to notice it and it's really going to help you get off on the right foot. So those first 90 days, I agree, would be super critical. As humans, we all tend to form decisions immediately. And if you walk in with a plan, those that you haven't interviewed with, those that you meet your first day and you interact with early on, we'll see that you're taking what you're doing seriously. You're not just showing up as another person to get right to, to grab a paycheck. All right. So now we're going to go to step number three, which drills this down a little bit more and talks about the first hour. A little bit of foreshadowing. We broke this down in the first hour, the first day, and the first week. The first hour is really your first impression and absolutely no questions asked. Mandatory must be on time. Be on time. Better yet, be early. Sit out in the parking lot for a couple minutes. Go out and get a cup of coffee. Do not be late. Absolutely. And that sounds like it's obvious. But, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and number two is to dress appropriately. Don't utilize the first day to try to see how far you can push the casual dress code. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, listen, that's how people are going to judge you is you're going to walk in the door. Hopefully you're going to be on time. You're going to look nice, look sharp. And they're going to be like, all right, this is someone that we just hired. This is a good start as opposed to coming in a couple minutes late, pushing the casual dress code like Daniel says. And then it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like another maybe someone just coming in, not looking like they're motivated, ready on time, sharp, ready to go. So there's absolutely a lot to this. I believe in like first impressions and People remember these types of things and they, they tend to stick with you. This is the kind of first impression where you will not gain any respect. It's not going to be a positive first impression because it's an expectation. But what you can gain if you do, if you fail to heed that, you will get a negative first impression. This is only a losing proposition. You're right. You can mess it up. You basically, <laughs> you can only mess this up unless you, if you step back in any one of these, it's just going to look bad for you and there's no way. You don't want to start like that. So that's the first hour, though. So now if we go, the next point is the first day. So dive into that now, Dan. Pass this first hour, Daniel. First day. And this could go back into the first hour, but put away your cell phone. You may want to check your fantasy scores at some point on your phone or check this text coming in. Not on the first day. Put it away. Leave it in the car. Don't even think about it. Don't even look at it. And the rest of it is, the rest of the first day really is getting you up to speed. You're not going to be given work the first day of any consequence. It's really a matter of meeting people and starting to understand the processes, the procedures, and the culture. Processes and procedures will be maybe given to you, maybe handed to you, maybe written, maybe verbal. The culture is much more ambiguous. You're going to have to discern that, and it's not going to happen in a day, but you can start getting a feel of it. But it's about meeting people. So go out, be polite, be sociable, save your introvert for another time, but be sociable. Everyone may not be interested in meeting you. Everybody's busy. They've got their own things going on. Doesn't matter. Introduce yourself. I am Daniel. I'm the new civil engineer here. Pleasure to meet you. What do you do? Where do you fit in this great hierarchy? And another really kind of subtle step though, is to linger a bit. Don't leave at five or four or six or whatever time you've done your eight hours or nine hours or you're supposed to leave. Stay back a little bit. You might catch a little bit of extra social time 
You might be able to really visit with somebody. Give it a shot. Worst case scenario, you've wasted a half hour. Absolutely. I think that that's, those are really important points because you do want to connect with people that first day. You do want people to say, all right, we got someone here that is sociable, that is we can talk to, which makes it easier than if someone's really being closed on the first day, which I know isn't always easy, but it can have a really big impact. Like Daniel said, save the introvert for later and kind of break out. And yeah, I like that idea. Stick around towards the end of the day. Again, it's this first impression like, oh, you know, Anthony's out the door right away. And even though you might not have a lot of billable work that you're working on yet, it's still you're setting the tone for the way people see you as a worker, as an engineer, working engineer. And this is very important. So taking it one step further for the next point, we're going to just let's expand it, Dan, and get into the first week. Okay. The first week. You've gotten through the first day. You've introduced yourself to everybody and anybody. Now we're mixing the first day and your 90-day plan together. There are certain staff at any company, more so larger companies, that you are going to want to get to know, and they're not always obvious. You're going to want to get to know anybody who can support you, whether it's the IT person, whether it's accounting, whether it's human resources, whether it's the secretaries and receptionists and administrative assistants. Get to know the support staff. Make friends with the support staff. Respect the support staff because they're going to be critical to your success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a big one because get to know the people that can support you, help you there. A lot of times people don't necessarily take the time to get to know maybe whether it's the administrative staff or, you know, they think that it's not worth the time to engage with too many people or people in certain positions. But the bottom line is those are the people that are going to help you make your life easier and help you to be more successful. And so it's worth the time. It's worth the time invested, especially in the first week as you get there when you're just, it's a good time to meet someone, tell them all about yourself, introductions, and then start to build it. And a smile and a kind word can go a long way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit here before, Daniel, about obviously the level, your experience level is going to drive some of these points that we talked about, whether it's someone who's a younger civil engineer or someone who's experienced project manager or beyond. Talk about that a little bit as with regards to this first week and how you're moving and what your thought processes are. Let me preface it with something first, and then we can really wade into the details of that. But I think a really critical point here is you need to relax. You did something very good in the interview and you were hired. They saw something in you that they wanted to bring you on board. Relax. You're not going to solve the company's problems in the first week. Now, if you are starting out as a younger engineer, you're in a production position, you might start to be billable by day two. And you may have to really get in there and get in, just start hard charging design. If you're in a more senior position or managerial position, then you really do need to relax. You need to spend more time listening than talking. Not that you can't come up with solutions during this first week if you see something, but understand that if, if you're going to think of a solution off the top of your head, it's probably been thought of and discounted or tried and it didn't work. Give a little more time to understand the background before volunteering really easy, easy wins. You're not looking for the easy wins because they may become easy, quick losses too. 
take your time. Understand, once again, they hired you for a reason. No company worth its salt is going to expect you to understand your job if your job has any bit complicated within the first week. I would agree. I mean, you have some time that first week to do some of the things that Daniel's talked about here. It's not going to be now. It's not going to stay like that, obviously, forever. In fact, it'll probably very quickly. The demands will go up. The billable hour demands will go up. The responsibilities will go up. But again, that is all the more reason that you take advantage of this time where you're not expected necessarily to be so billable. You do some of the things like connecting with people, like getting to know the right people, getting to build relationships in the right spots, because that's going to pay off long-term. And right now, you don't have the projects piled on you yet, and you actually have some flexibility to do that. So we, we ran through, I guess, five points. We talked about resigning correctly and communicating with your new company. We kind of put those two together, which are two separate items. We talked about setting some goals, 30, 60, 90-day goals, who to meet, what to learn, what to accomplish. Then we got into your first week, starting with the first hour of really being on time. That's your first, first impression. That's what people see, how you dress, how early you're there. Then you expand it to the first day which is, you know, forget the cell phone, forget any distractions on the first day, be polite and sociable and very outgoing and interactive. And then don't be afraid to linger a bit behind later in the day. And again, just give yourself more opportunities to connect with people and show them that you're dedicated right from the beginning. Then the first week we got into kind of more detail. Now you're getting, you're there a little bit longer. So now you're trying to find those people that can support you Dan, you made a great point and relax. You're there for a reason. They hired you for a reason. They're not expecting you to be 50% billable in your first week. They're expecting you to start to understand things, start to meet people. And that's what you should focus on doing. So we touched on those five points. Before we jump into our CE Hot Seat segment, I want to just, there was another thing that Daniel mentioned when he and I talked offline, which was asking questions and, you know, official, unofficial. Talk about that, Daniel. Questions are important, and you have you're certainly going to be speaking to your peers, those who would be in the filling the same, let's say, project management position that you're filling. You're going to ask the official questions, but don't be afraid to ask the unofficial questions. If you're a project manager, don't be afraid to go to one of your designers, one of your drafters, one of your even one of your young engineers. So just start asking questions about the culture and asking questions about the projects and asking questions about the clients. Get their opinion. Start to understand the entire operation, bottom up, top down. I mean, also talk to your supervisor and the executive team of your company and what have you. Talk to everybody. But those will be more official. You know, it's harder to have a um, an unofficial, off-the-record conversation with those who will be your superiors. And, you know, you have to ask questions. I mean, don't be afraid. I know sometimes you can feel like, well, they hired me, they brought me in here. And if I ask questions, I'm going to seem like I don't know what I'm doing. But that's not the case. I mean, again, you're new. You've got flexibility. You've got leeway. You have to learn some of their standards, some of their systems, some of their processes, some of the things that are going on there. If it was me personally that hired someone, I would want them to ask me those questions. I know that they're learning and that they want to learn. And I go back to what we brought up earlier, which is they, they hired you for a reason. And any firm and any manager worth his salt will understand that we see potential in you. Not that you can come in here and do this job today because we work in a complex field. You can't just drop in and 
even as a production designer, you still have to get up to speed on company policies, on IT policies, on tech policies, on standard details, on all the standard, on, on CAD standards. You have to get up to speed on those. They hired you for a reason. You were obviously, you did something well in the interview. Relax and utilize that time to learn. If there's one thing that I've learned, and I've learned this from watching others, is the people that I've worked with who've impressed me the most are the ones who ask the most questions and are not afraid to, to look foolish when they ask questions. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. So on that note, we are going to now transition into our CE Hot Seat segment where I'm going to fire off a series of questions to Daniel that will focus on personal and professional development. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, so now it's time for our CE Hot Seat segment. And this is a newer segment, or I guess a newer name for this segment, where we pepper our guests with some rapid-fire questions about personal and professional development. And the Hot Seat segment in this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, PPI. Engineers often ask me what exam prep materials review courses they should use when preparing for the FE or PE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their civil FE and PE review courses. It's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code CIVIL at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. All right, Daniel, welcome to the CE Hot Seat. You ready to go? Burn it up. Let's go. <laughs> All right. First question, are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning ritual or lunchtime ritual, things that you do consistently on a daily basis that contribute to you being a successful professional? Yes. I plan my day when I before I leave. I plan my following day before I leave. Got it. That's a good one. So before you're out of the office, you know what you're coming back to the next day. I know what I'm coming back to, and I try to set a most important task, and that task gets done before you fire up email and you fire up and you just get in, get down to the day. The other ritual that I have that I found has been really successful to me is I get to work early. I get in there early and I get in there before the craziness and chaos of the day starts up, before the clients start calling, before somebody needs something and you can get the first half hour to two hours in doing that. Yeah, that, that is a big help. I, I do that myself. All right, next one. What is one book that you recommend to engineers regularly or just one book that you found to be extremely helpful in your professional or personal development? There are a lot of books. But I would suggest there are one book and one author. One of them I think you'll know, and one of them may be a little different than most of the others. The first book is, and it, come, it really goes back to what we talked about earlier about the first 90 days. It's a very similar book, but it's called The 90-Day Year, which it gets your mind thinking into 90-day blocks of time for your goal setting and, and planning. Because goal setting and planning are real important at any level. You at any level in our field, you may be given tasks to do, but your career is still your goal. And you have to focus your career. You have to focus your, your, if you don't set goals in your career, your career will happen to you. 
And the other one is, and it's by a, a man by the name of Mark Ford, who goes under the pen name of Michael Masterson. And he writes books on entrepreneurship that have really helped me see things from an entrepreneurial perspective, both from my career and as a engineer and as an employee, I'm still an entrepreneur of myself. I have to constantly sell myself. My product is, I sell my product to my employer on a daily basis. The day they pay me more than I provide them value is the day that they will fire me. Look at it that way. But he really teaches you how to become the A player. And a lot of it is simple common sense steps of show up early and work hard and do everything. But it really, it, it's a mindset shift of, going from employee to being personally responsible for yourself and for your career. That's very interesting. I've never heard of him, but I'll have to definitely check him out. All right. One final question, Daniel, and we call it the civil engineering career elevator advice question, which is if you got into an elevator with a civil engineer and had about 30 to 40 seconds with him or her, and you had to give them some kind of a career advice. So if they said like, you know, I really want to be a, great civil engineer and you had limited time, what would you tell him or her? I think I would say what I, what, what I just mentioned in the last question, which is even if you work for somebody else, you're still an entrepreneur. Think of it as an entrepreneur. Make your entire mindset think, think as an entrepreneur. Great. That's great advice. All right. So we want to, of course, thank Daniel for spending some time with us on the Civil Engineering Podcast. Remember that you can find the show notes for the episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 41. You will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and we will respond if you leave us one. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me, Anthony. I appreciate it. All right. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com, where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success. 